It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Monday and welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk and the one and only Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone number is 973-667-1960. Jam-packed show for you today. We're going to have Seth Emerson, who covers the Georgia Bulldogs, at The Athletic on with us at around 1230 to talk about Georgia's Pro Day. But of course, we'll lead off the show talking about all the Giants free agent moves highlighted by Kenny Galladay signing over the weekend. And of course, we'll take all your calls at 973-667-1960. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented on the Giants Podcast Network by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of this show and all of our programs on the Giants Podcast Network on the Giants app at Giants.com slash podcast and all your favorite podcast platforms. Mr. Fiegel, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Hello, John Schmelk. I'm welcome, doing wonderful. Welcome back from Arizona. Yes. And uh, you brought the warm weather with you. Thank you very much. You're welcome to you and all. It's, uh, yeah, it is exactly about the same, well, a little bit warmer, but pretty, pretty much about the the sun is out, and that's a good thing, and spring is here. I cannot wait, which means that we have more football to talk about, but thank you for welcoming me back. All right, let's get down to business here, Jeff. And we had our special Saturday night show. The fans got to hear, yeah. hear my spiel on Kenny Galladay. I don't need to give it again. <laughs> uh, if you folks want to go listen, go to the Big Blue Kickoff Live archive. I just mentioned where you found where, where you can find it. Go check it out. So, Jeff, I will open the table to you. Well, Kenny Galladay, go. Oh, well, I think that, you know, after the season was over, we heard Mr. Gettleman uh, plead that we were going to go get a – playmaker and this is what you got and I feel like you know it was weird John because right at the beginning of free agencies we all saw that the wide receiver market kind of cooled a little bit um, and then they kind of uh, came back to play a little bit but the Giants went out and got their guy big dude six foot four very aggressive we see how he plays um, he definitely will go up and 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 get some footballs for you which I think that has at that position for the Giants has been lacking over the last few years, as we know. Um, but it's going to add another dimension to that passing game for Daniel Jones, a guy that can uh, open up anywhere in the field, red zone especially. So you get a little big, big target there and a guy that's uh, really makes some acrobatic. He's not an Odell Beckham. Um, I think you and I both agree that he's maybe, you know, maybe he's a, he's a number one on this team, that's for sure. But he might be a 1A somewhere else. But the fact is the Giants went out and got their guy. Um, hearing the interviews from him, he sounds like a just a wonderful, wonderful guy. He's going to be a good player here for the Giants, and the Giants definitely needed him. Well, and to me, Jeff, and I'll be real quick, it, it's the perfect fit. You have Shepard as that as the quick separation but, guy. You have yeah. Slayton as the over-the-top speed guy. And Galladay is going to be your king of those intermediate routes, you know, layered between the linebackers and safeties. He can catch those back shoulder catches that Daniel Jones has shown he can throw them. Well, he's yeah. a guy that can make those catches. And this is the stat that I gave the other day. If you look at the – this is from Pro Football Focus, Jeff. If you look at 2018 and 2019 combined, only one player in the NFL has more contested catches than Kenny Galladay, and that's Julio Jones. And the next three guys on the list, Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Michael Thomas. Yeah, That is good company to be in. And I, I just want to focus on those back shoulder throws because the Giants did struggle sometimes, Jeff, last year when teams would clamp down in man-to-man defense and guys are trouble getting open. Well, what's the perfect antidote to press man-to-man coverage? It's the throw. back shoulder throw. Yeah. So yeah. 
Can't that, defend it. And that's what he's really good at. Look, we didn't even think that Gallaudet was going to be available. We thought he was going to get franchise tagged by the Lions. So right. of the guys that weren't franchised, he was the best wide receiver on the market. And, you know, you got it. a lot of times these guys come in here and you know, they're, they're going to get the, the sell job from the coaching staff for sure. Any player is going to get that from a team that's wanting them to sign with them. But I think it was smart for him to reach out to some of the guys on the team, um, uh, Daniel Jones and, and obviously probably Sterling Shepard. And speaking to some of those guys that just see, hey, listen, I, I'm getting the sell for the coaches, but what is it really like here? And I think that a lot of them – uh, told told him that, listen, we're on the up and up here, and the culture's good, the locker room's good, and we need you. And so he decided to come here. I think this is one, one team that he kind of wanted to come to, so that's a good thing. And, you know, John, we didn't mention also John Ross, who's another guy that the that the Giants had signed. Man, a, and talk about a speedy dude over the top. Um, you know, he's a sub-4-3 guy. A few years ago in the draft, I think it was the number one draft pick was a 2000, what was it, John? 2017, I believe it was the ninth or eighth overall pick by yeah. the Bengals. And but he, he ran had, a 4-2-something. 4-2-2, so, by I the mean, way. Crazy. Woo! Yeah. So, I th- and I think that today that's still the record. But I think that, it you is. know, you, you combine him with um, that over-the-top speed that you mentioned, and you got yourself some good-looking good receivers. So, and John Ross is a guy that, you know, he's got a, on a little prove-it deal. So come in here and play well, and you'll see what he does. Yeah, and watching the tape, he's actually a better route runner than I thought he would be. I thought yeah. he'd just be a run straight and go deep guy. But he actually runs pretty good routes, and he knows how to leverage that speed. Uh, on tape, I saw him catch a, uh, a bunch of those comebacks and, you know, deep outs when guys have to start backing off because of that speed, and it, and it gives him opportunity. So if he could just stay healthy, and look, I, I talked to him. You can find the interview. Um, that's on the Giants Auto Podcast, my one-on-one with – Kenny Galladay's on the Giants Huddle Podcast, too. By the way, go check that out. If you haven't, subscribed, download the episode. Uh, you know where you can find it. I just mentioned that all at the top of the show. So check that out. And then, Jeff, the other guy I want to mention is um, – oh, by the way, what I was going to say is that John Ross told us he is healthy coming into this year. And Kenny Galladay also, who missed last year with the hip. Yeah. It was John Ross who the season ended with the foot. Both those guys say they are healthy heading into this year. So if they can stay healthy, that's the most important thing. Jeff, I want to get as many phone calls as we can before yeah. we get our guest in. Do you have anything else on Galladay before I jump over to Kyle Rudolph? Because we haven't talked about him yet. No, no, I think we've done enough on him. <laughs> Hopefully right. he's uh, – he's, honestly, what I'm excited about him real quickly is a lot of things that you talked about. But, you know, one thing that the Giants are in need of is scoring. Um, here's a guy that, you know, I believe – I'm almost certain that a couple years ago he led the NFL in touchdowns. So there's a guy that can – 11 you know, in 2019, that's 19. correct. There you go. So – there's, uh, there's to me, that's exciting because this t- Giants team needs to score points this season, and they're kind of putting together some, uh, some weapons for Daniel Jones to do that. And Kyle Rudolph, according yep. to reports, pending a physical, the Giants have agreed to terms um, with Kyle Rudolph. So uh, that's something else to keep in mind here moving forward, Jeff, um, with the Giants, that you know, it's somebody that is a big wide receiver. Six, six. Um, he makes great hands catches. Uh, he's a big red zone threat. No question. Um, he does all those things, and he has some really good one-handed catches on his reel, too. I watched his tape again this morning. Now he's 31. He's not the athlete that some of the top tight ends are, but... You know, the comparison that I made on Saturday show for Kenny Galladay, if you want to go back to Jason Garrett's offenses, Kenny Galladay is, the, is going to be the Des Bryant type, right? Not super fast, but big contested catches. Okay. I'm talking on the field, not off the field. So that, 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 exactly. <laughs> that, I think, is the role he's going to face. And really, is, isn't Kyle Rudolph basically your 
poor man's Jason Witten? I mean, isn't that what he is? He's a big body tight end. He makes contested catches. He has good hands. He's not mm-hmm. going to run away from anybody necessarily. Mm-hmm. He's going to be really good in the red zone. So that's the role I think he's going to play. The move, honestly, when I when I heard it, it surprised me. I'm like, they they really need a tight end. But given what Ingram's good at, I think Rudolph does have a role to play. And if they think he's significantly better than what they already have in Caden Smith, I get the move. No, I do. I, I like it. I, I you know the money part of it was you know for a team that was really kind of hurting for money here and there. I think they they paid a lot of money for him to be here. So I think that that he is definitely going to be in the plans. Um, I think you you hit the nail on the head with Jason Witten, but he's you know he's Jason Witten two athletically more. I think that he's a little bit uh, better of an athlete, a little more agile if you with you if you will. Um, they're both big guys and they both have a presence. And by the way they're going to have to be accounted for uh, defensively when you have Evan Ingram in there too. And maybe those go those three tight end sets, excuse me. Um, And both of those guys are quality receivers. You know, I'm curious to see what Jason, excuse me. Yeah. Jason Garrett has up his sleeve with Evan Ingram. Now Um, does this signal him that maybe he might be into a little bit more route running than the tight end position. We'll see. But I feel like again, the red zone threat, Okay, you've got a six-six guy and Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram at a six-four guy. Now you've got Galladay at a six-four guy. So you got a lot of targets down there in the red zone for this team to score. And I think that's one of the reasons why you got him in here. Kyle Rudolph is a heck of a football player. He's still got a couple years left, in, in my opinion, to do some good things. He's another guy that has a lot of contested catches. He is a good sure. contested catch rate. Uh, and I didn't mention this with Galladay. He catches over 50% of his contested catch targets, which is a really wow. good number. Um, Rudolph similarly has good numbers. And you mentioned the red zone, Jeff, and I'm with you. Uh, the Giants need to score more touchdowns to score more points, and you do that. And you hope Galladay helps with the explosive plays, right? And yeah. Ross helps with the explosive plays. But when you're inside the 10, you want a guy, you know, Galladay can help with this too, obviously, but a guy like Rudolph who can make those sort of contested catches – 2015, five touchdowns, 16, seven touchdowns, 17, eight touchdowns, 18, four touchdowns, and 2019, six touchdowns. So that's four or more touchdowns and between six or eight in five years and four or five years from 2015 to 2019. So he knows how to get the ball in the end zone. Absolutely. And if you're Daniel Jones, I mean, now you've got a little more targets to go to, right? A little more height and, uh, you can you can spread that ball a little around a little bit better. Each of each of these guys have a different type of skill set. You know the back shoulder as we mentioned. Yeah. Um. And you know the tight ends. Uh. They can use a little leverage the way that they run their routes in the red zone. So it'll be good for them to have those types of targets. And Daniel Jones has got to be jumping for joy at this point because now you've got a receiver group and a tight end group that went from coming out of the season. Didn't know what we were going to do, and the next thing you know, the Giants are now they they pretty much poised to to do well with these guys that they signed. I'm happy for them. I think it's going to be good. Two more questions for you, Jeff. I guess one's more of a statement. I'll get your reaction. Okay. With the weapons now, barring injuries, I think they have what they need to have in place for Daniel Jones to show what he can do. But sure. I still think if there's something that could short-circuit the offense, I'm still looking at the offensive line. Of course. And to me, that's the focus now. Not that it's a dire need and, you know, it's, you know, fill it or, or perish, that sort of thing. But that, to me, is still one thing. Because you know how this goes, Jeff. The Giants had great weapons for years. Remember when Odo Beckham Jr. was here? Well, did that really help the offense when Eli Manning was on his back and, no. you know, what beat no. out of him? It didn't. So this offense and the way it plays this year and, frankly, Daniel Jones' success, which is a big part of this and a separate goal, too, is going to really be dependent 
on how that offensive line plays because now the weapons are in place. Yeah, and I think that, you know, with some of the re-signing of their own players this year and now going into the draft, we've talked enough about, you know, the quality players that are available in the draft this year. Um Again, too, the receiver position is a, is a good one. Do the Giants go after another receiver? We'll have to see with those with that 11th pick who's sitting around there. Jeff, you jumped me. That was my second question. Okay. Did, all right. Well, answer all it. right. All answer right. It. Go for it. What you know that? what? I mean, good minds think alike. Yeah. You know? Um, but, I mean, there's so many people in this draft that the Giants could go with that uh, lineman position if they wanted to. Um, Would you still to... consider a receiver if, yes. if he's the best yes. player on your board? I, I do because I feel like – I just think that, you know, you need some depth there and you need to develop these guys. Now, the first rounders, you're hoping that he's going to he's going to go in and play. But um, remember this. So if you get one of those those four guys, four or five guys that we talk about, um, could you imagine if Kyle Pitts was there? <laughs> I mean, just stop saying, doing this to yourself. Jeff. Stop, I know I'm just yeah, whatever. It's getting soon. <laughs> we'll know. But, you know, if one of those big time uh, wide receivers are there. You know, and they take them. I'm, I'm with them. I, I don't care who they pick at 11. I just want it to be somebody that contributes right away. But to your point, John, what you were saying is that now you got all these little – by the way, we haven't talked a lot about this, and we're hoping that he's on schedule. But Saquon coming back is also another thing that, that is going to be amazing for Daniel Jones. And you put them with the guys that, he, that the Giants have just signed. Um, could you go offensive line at 11? Could you go for another guard there? Well, how about this, Jeff? I'm going to put it out to you straight. Be straight, Schnelke. Jalen Waddles on the board or Devontae Smith. Take your pick, either one. Of them. Okay, because, either one. Be, because I know you have both those guys kind of close to the same level, right? Yeah, yeah. So either one of those guys, but Rashawn Slater's also there. Okay? Yeah. Penesul's not there, but Rashawn Slater's there. The only offensive lineman off the board is Penesul. Everyone else is there for you to pick at your heart's content. If I make Jeff Fiegel's make that draft pick today... Who is he picking? Well, because of the Zeitler situation, and I think that Slater is a guy that can be moved into guard. He's a tackle. But sure. I think a lot of people think him as playing that guard position. I'm taking him. I'm taking him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solidify that offensive line. I've got, you know, I've got uh, Thomas as a first rounder on the left side. I've now got a, a, a guard, right guard. Um, I'm taking him. By the I'm way, and I should be because fair. you know what this year, weeks ago we weren't having a discussion because we didn't have uh, Galladay on the roster. Of course, which so. is why I'm re-asking the question. Yeah. I should make, I should note, or you can also pick a cornerback there if you want to, or a linebacker. But you would go offensive line. Yeah, yeah, right. I would. And I don't think too many people are gonna are gonna object to that either. I don't either, to be because honest. Because of with the, you. the the theory that you just mentioned, you know, is is like years ago when. Odell Beckham was catching passes, but he wasn't catching a lot of them when when Eli was on his back. So solidify that offensive line. It just it just further helps Daniel Jones and his progression. This is a big year for him. This is a really big year for him. And now that you can see the Giants are doing what they can to get him some some targets, but let's get him some protection too. Going to be a lot of questions to be answered in the next five or six months with this offensive line. Um, and hopefully they can work it out. All right, we got 15 minutes of calls, and we're going to have Seth Emerson, who again covers the Georgia yep. Bulldogs for The Athletic. He'll join us then to talk about some of the Georgia prospects at their pro day who could be targets for the Giants in the second round. By the way, they have two very good cornerbacks yep. that could be second-round draft picks for the Giants or maybe a guard that could mm -hmm. be a draft pick for the Giants yep. in round number two. So, And by the way, a pass rusher that could be maybe a pick for the Giants in round number one. So it's actually a very important school for us to talk to, especially, Jeff, people – Think of Joe Judge in Alabama, right? Well, you know where Kirby Smart coached before he went to Georgia? Alabama. And you know who was on that staff with him? Uh, Pruitt. 
Uh, Joe Judge. <laughs> I think Pruitt might have been too. So just something to keep in mind. I, I think I'm pretty sure Joe Judge was there for at least okay. a year or two. Well, Storm. let me tell I you, a lot, so. of the, a lot of those coaches in that building right now, they're they're connected at the hip somewhere in some way. Yeah, either I mean, way, it's amazing. Either to way, me. Joe Judge didn't mention last year that those two guys have a very good relationship. Whether they're actually on the staff at the same time, I think they were. I have not double checked that, sure. but they do have a relationship. So that's one of the reasons they felt so good about Andrew Thomas last year. Yeah, and Tay Crowder, by the way, because they were, were Georgia kids and they have really good relationship with Kirby Smart. So, John, one more thing I wanted to mention on the free agency signing. Yes, please go. I, I think yes. that we were trying to a couple a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the backup quarterback position, what what the team mm. was going to do, this yep. and that, and you see that they they had agreed to turn with Mike Glennon, and so that pretty much is the writing on the wall um, for our guy. And so Colt McCoy, yeah, and I think that I think that it's a good move. I, I do. I think that he's got a better arm. Um, he didn't play all that bad in Jacksonville last year. He's got plenty of experience in the league, and he's a backup guy. You know, and they and they got him for a good deal. They didn't have to go out and pay nine, ten, or excuse me, nine. They're not paying nine or ten million for a backup, but you know, three or four million. They ended up getting a good good deal for him. So I just wanted to mention that. Oh, and I have to ask you this, Jeff. I forgot. Uh, what can you tell me about your opinion on the edge rusher they picked up from Minnesota? You want me to mention his name? I I think that'd be a good way to start the sentence. All right, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. <laughs> I've been You're wa- so bad. Jeff, so I've been waiting for this. When we get off this. the air, I'm going to, I'm going to crucify you for asking I have been waiting for this for a week to ask you this question. Please, I want to see you try to do this. All right, this. Let's, try the first, let's try the first name. Okay. I, is it Ifedi? Ifedi? It's Ifadi. Ifadi? Very, very good job. That's, Ifadi? That's very strong, but this, that, that, that was the easy part. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, we're going to go with Odenabo. Odenabo. Oh! <gasps> Oh, Denna Bo. Whoa, you got it. Ha! There we go. I didn't get his first name, Feels. but I got his last name. Oh, Denna Bo. You got it. That's perfect. <laughs> you sound absolutely amazed, John, which you, you should be because that just, just doesn't happen very often. I think I need like a crash cart in here. What's going on? How I will did tell you, you do that? I'll tell you why. Because I actually was on the plane coming home from Phoenix. I was going over all of these free agent signings and looking at these names. And I actually went to the pronunciation. Oh, did you really? And did it. Because just <laughs> not for you, just for, just for me to know. And I actually have it on my notes. And I have it written out as O-Denna-Bo. Yeah, O-Denna-Bo. That's exactly o- right. Yeah. That, that G in there is silent. That is exactly it. But by the way, Detino was really struggling with that name last week, so you actually have that on him, that you did the <laughs> pronunciation better than him. So next time you're on with Paul, make sure you point that out to him. No, I'm not going to do that because he'll come back and ask me some other ones. No, he will get very then, bad. He, and then he'll be ahead again. Anyway, so. I, I have stalled too long. Let's get to the calls. <laughs> Limited Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888 888- NYG 1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. And folks, don't forget to get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with the Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to 250 bucks when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants, member FDIC. All right, we'll do calls until we get Seth there Emerson coming on at 1230. Jason's in New Haven to lead us off today. Jay, what's up? Hi, Jay. Hey, hey what's up, fellas? Go ahead. Doing good. All right, all right. I'll make uh, a few points quick because I know you got other callers and it's a shortened uh, sure. time. So I wanted to say um, a few things. First, um, I called last week. I think I talked to you, John, and I think Lance about the cap. <laughs> um, I think what fa- uh, other fans need to know is 
if a team really wants a player, the cap can be played and manipulated in so many ways. Abrams, get them in the front office. They know way more about the cap than any casual fan or people that have played the sport. Sure. So I think sometimes people need to just let the professionals do what they've been paid to do and not worry about so much of, oh, we can't afford this, can't afford that. That is true, Jason, but I will say this. If you, it, set, up a, a if, if you set up a contract where there's a big number on it and the first number in that right. contract is really small, well, you, it's supposed to add up to that final number, so you can figure out the math on that. If you're going to backload contracts, then that's how it gets a little trickier down the road. So, yes, there are ways right. to do it, but there is always an upside and a downside to when you make those decisions. Yes, Right, and, and you're right. I, I, I have no disagreement with that, but I think, like I said last week, fans get too caught up in Absolutely. prices and that. But um, next point, um, with the Galladay and the Rudolph signing, which I actually do really like the Rudolph signing. He's been a rock-solid tight end since he got in the league. This opens up so many opportunities for other players. And when I'm saying that, I'm in regards to Shepard and Slayton. Those two now can go back to probably their natural um, receiving. Yep. Um, Shepard is really a slot receiver. He's a good receiver, but he's really a slot. And Slayton's more of your number two, a good three, maybe a decent two. Um, and it, a, lot, a lot of times last year, Slayton was getting a lot of number one coverage. And I don't Absolutely. think that's point in his career where he could be number one corners now can he in the future probably but at the moment i think galladay really helps everybody and now if saquon comes back healthy you can't really stack the box anymore um so we're gonna have some defensive coordinators really thinking about how they're gonna defend the giants thirdly um it opens up the draft now we don't have to go we're not thirsty going into the draft where we have to say oh we have to take waddle or smith is there we have to take smith no it really opens up. So now Slater's there. We could take Slater. Parsons, who I'm actually advocating for, is there. Maybe we take him and make a strength even more stronger with the defense. And then the last point, I was telling some Giants friends of mine last year, even though we didn't have a great record, I think what I saw when I was watching games, how hard we played and how Judge never quit on the team. He was always involved in the sidelines, getting involved with the refs if they made a bad call. And I did say money does play a part in free agency. Let's not, you know, let's not fool ourselves here. But I said last year, don't be surprised if free agents really look at that Giants team and say, you know what, they're playing hard. You know, if it wasn't for that Eagles fiasco, we probably would have been in the playoffs. And I'm not saying we would have went anywhere in the playoffs, but we played hard in the last game. We took care of our business. And I mm -hmm. think free agents really look at those kind of things and say, hey, you know, Galladay probably said, hey, you know what? They need a receiver. I like the way they played. Um, Ru Rudolph probably said the same thing. Hey, Judge looks like he's hard-nosed. That's the kind of coach I like. They play hard. There were some games we, you know, we got blown out, Arizona, San Francisco. But for the most part, we were in a lot of games last year. So I think we're building a culture where eventually, hopefully, the wins start coming along. Once that happens, when you have the right culture along with the wins, I mean, now you start getting into – a lot of players potentially wanted to sign with you. So I wanted to say those few games last year, that season, we didn't do well. But I think with Judge coming in the building and us playing hard, it really opened eyes to a lot of free agents. And I think along with the money, of course. <laughs> and I think that's why we're getting some, you know, Galladay was a big sign. And now are we going to go undefeated next year? I'm not saying that. I don't think anybody would. But that was a big chess piece we, we got. I mean, he, he is a number one receiver. Let's not kid ourselves. 
He was banged up last year, but he's a good receiver. Rudolph is a really good tight end. Ross, you know, he could take the lid off a of defense, you know, um, and he's in his role. So I think uh, players look at this stuff, and that's the reason why we're here. And apparently we're looking at a Dory Jackson. I know you guys can't really comment on that, but, you know, that might be another thing we could take off the board in, 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 in the draft. Mm-hmm. Dory Jackson was one of the top-ranked uh, cover corners in the league the last few years. Sure. And he's young. Bradbury would be a great – I mean, would be a great tandem. So, we don't have to go in the draft thirsty. So, those are some of the things I wanted to comment, and I'll take it off okay. the air. Thank you, Jason. Hey, Jason. So, you know, you talk about culture and guys that uh, want to talk up their team and Coach Judge and things like that. Well, you know, you look at Dory Jackson, the things you're reading about your Bill Peppers and Logan Ryan trying to recruit him to the to the Giants. That all makes sense exactly what you just said. And, of course, I'm just pointing out, Jeff, then you can continue that we are not confirming any reports, no, agreeing no, no. with any reports, reporting anything. Jeff is yeah. simply talking about what he is seeing on the Internet and 100%. nothing more. So take nothing out of that, yep. please. You know, like all of us, we read the Internet and try to kind of see what's going on with free agency, and that's what I'm reading. So. So that's that's what happens though. You know, these guys talk about it. You know, if you're a basketball fan like John is, this is what these guys do to recruit people to their teams, right? I <laughs> and, mean, and the NFL is looking a lot more like the NBA. It sure is. With how that's this right. Works, so, but you know, Adore Jackson is a guy that's on the market now, and um, you know, the Giants definitely could use a number two receiver, whether it's uh, in a free agency still, a cornerback, yeah. excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then I think then the draft. You know, we talk about that eleventh pick there again, John. I mean, can you go? Would you be happy getting you know one of those top corners? Patrick Sertain, maybe, if he's still there at 11. Um, who knows? But I, I tell you that it's, it's interesting now that Galladay has signed with the Giants that this, our perspective on that 11th pick is starting to turn a little bit, right? I think it's more fun. It, it, it kind of yeah. opens up the possibilities, which I think is good. All right, yeah. Jeff, I want to squeeze in one more call here before we get sure. Seth at 1230. And then, folks, when we're done with Seth, we'll take Seth about 15 minutes. Then we'll do the last 15 minutes of the show back to the good. calls again. So, yep. so to make sure people have their chance to get in, and, of course, you have our Saturday show, too, that we did as well. We took calls on that show. Go back, check it out on the archive. Cole, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Len from Columbia, Maryland. Len, how are you, buddy? Good, hey. good. Great day to be a Giants fan. Yes. Always is, Len. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, uh, first, on, on Rudolph, um, never underestimate senior leadership. I think he's going to help in that arena as well, particularly with Evan Ingram. Can't hurt. And, and secondly, with Rudolph, um, you know, I know Lance uh, never never wants to listen to this. He always gives me some feedback on it. But, hey, 86 catches last year out of the tight ends, only one touchdown. Look at those touchdown numbers for Rudolph. Yeah, you know, historically. I mean, red zone, we're going to be looking for him. Couple that with Galladay, we're going to be driving some defensive coordinators crazy in Washington, Dallas, and Philadelphia. It finally gives them to something to really think about. And, of course, they had Saquon to that. I mean, Galladay, I mean, he's a star. Finally, John, <laughs> we got a star. Yeah. I mean, we need we needed that badly. On, on the defensive side, hey, we got a good player at every level. Thank God we got Leonard back. We got Martinez. We got Bradbury. McKinney coming along. Uh, you know, you can't ask for much more than that on the defensive side, and we'll, we'll fill in around those guys. Um, here, here's my one concern. You know, all the excitement of the last 10 days, you know, we opened up a couple of holes on this team. Right guard, nose tackle. I know you've heard, you guys have heard me say this before. If you play a 3-4 defense, you've got to have a nose tackle. Don't you think Dexter Lawrence can play nose tackle, though, Len? Yeah, yeah but look, I mean... You know, but he's coming along at defensive. Yes, the answer is yes. If if he wants to, 
I mean, that's a tough position to play, no, John. That's true, too. That's fair. And, yeah, by the way, Austin Johnson and, physically and he, should be able to handle that, too. Well, John, I'm glad Austin Johnson is on the team, guys, um, as long as he's playing 15 plays. I, Len, I totally, I totally get where you're coming from. I got you. That makes sense. I mean, I don't want to go 50 plays. I, hey, I get you. Again, let me, let me finish with this. Great day to be a Giants fan. Go Giants. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Len. Appreciate bye, the bye. call. Okay, bye. so Jeff, why don't you react to Len there, and I will get our guest on the line, okay? Um, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, when you talk about – you're right. At every level, what Len was talking about defensively, um, you know, from the defensive line to the middle linebacker position to the safety position um, and corner – you know, that's a good thing. You want to add a couple more of those guys, and they're still trying to do that You know, through the draft or free agency. Um, I think that the signing of Austin Johnson, that Lynn's talking about 15 plays, you know, you're losing Dalvin, so you're going to have to have somebody step in there, which he was in rotation last year. He's a veteran. He's a guy that can, can play, um, yeah, 15, 25 snaps, somewhere in there, but I agree with you. You don't want to be having him you know, be your starter for the whole season, um, but I think the Dex can, can take – He's going to have to to step in for where Dalvin left off. I mean, I, I feel like Dalvin Tomlinson was a huge loss for the Giants, as always, um, at that defensive tackle position. The Giants seem to groom those guys all the time, and um, and they groom them so well that they just can't afford to keep them, and they just keep leaving the building. But now you're going to have to fall, you know, have to find somebody to fill in, not only on the field but off the field. He is a presence in the locker room. He always was a presence in the weight room, uh, and guys, you know, he's a, he was a leader, and guys followed him. So, uh, who's going to be that next guy? You know, who's going to be the guy to step in for Dalvin? Is it going to be Dex? Um, can it still be Austin as a veteran, a thirty-plus-year-old guy? Um, the other thing is, is that. You know, you see the Giants, I don't know, I think this is officially, I'm not 100% sure, but I, because, you know, me, I like to just throw names out there, but not knowing if they're official. But when you look at Reggie uh, Ruglin, he's a guy, Raglin, excuse me, Reggie Raglin, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a guy that's going to take over for, for Downs um, and Mayo, right? He's not going to, I don't think he'll be a starter, but I think he's, he's a good backup. Crowder's a guy that I – Crowder and Coughlin, you got to look at those two guys as going to compete for that second middle linebacker position. So, But you get Raglan, you can't have enough depth always at linebacker. We know that. Those guys get hurt quite a bit because of the nature of the position. So it's interesting. But uh, a lot of good stuff. And as, as you always say, Lynn, it's a great day to be a Giant. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know that John is uh, trying to attempt to, to get our guy Seth Emerson on the, on the line. Still efforting. How was that? <laughs> still efforting. You still efforting? Okay. Well, that's good. You keep efforting. That's you're good at efforting, John. A um, couple other things too that I was kind of excited to see, and this was uh, you know coming from the special teams position, as uh, as you guys know that I get interested in, and the signing of fullback Colin is it Galaspia, John Galaspia. It's kind of like tilapia, the fish, I guess. But um, here's a guy that's going to come in. You know, Eli Penny was kind of your special teams guy played a lot of snaps on special teams. I think he's going to take Eli Penny's uh, place this year and um, hopefully he'll do good because he was last missed half the season last year with a back injury. But obviously if he, uh, you know, was cleared by the giants doctors and hopefully everything is good for that. But um, the other thing too is special teams, the giants, uh, you know, lost a couple guys, but they can, Surely going to have to go out and try to find some guys to fill those spots, especially the wide receiver position. Those are the, some of the, your good special teams guys. Um, CJ we'll Board happens. though, back Jeff, he was a big special team. I was so just going to say that's mm-hmm. with him coming back. That's a that's a good thing because you know Riley Dixon's got to have those good gunners, the guys that can run down and play. Um, 
The other one too, John, that I don't know. I obviously I've, I was on Monday of last week and then gone for the week for vacation, but I don't know how much you guys talked about uh, Devonte Booker. He's another guy that can, you know, he's going to play some special teams too. Um, and you know, I don't know. He played 16 games the last three years, so I mean, he's he's a healthy guy. He's he's in the lineup. I like those kind of guys. Um, and we'll see how much he can contribute and how much really Saquon is going to be able to do when he comes back. You, know, you don't want to rush this guy. So they went out and got a veteran to play that position to take over for those guys that were here last year. All right, Jeff, Seth did not pick up, so I texted him. When he texted me right. back that he's ready, I'll try him again. But in the meantime, let's go down to Pete in the Florida Keys. Pete, All right. what's going on? What's up, guys? How you doing? I'll what's be good? No, no worries, Pete. Go ahead. Um, so a couple things I wanted to know based on these new uh, these free agency moves. Mm-hmm. How do you feel the tight end room and the running back room is going to shake out? Do you think Caden uh, Smith is on man out? And the second little point I just want to throw out there: I feel really bad for Gallman. I don't think that he. Uh, I don't think he's going to make the team, seeing that there's Booker. Well, he's a free agent. Well, so. look, and they only have two running backs on the roster, Pete. So, I mean, if he, depending on the contract, there's no reason they can't bring him back if they want. Yeah, but he, oh, but he's not on the roster. He's a free agent. Yeah, so. he's a free agent right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, if he's a free agent, he's probably going to get a little bit more money from another team than us. Yeah, he's going to be that kind of like second and third tier free agent. I think you know you're not going to hear his name yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look, right at this point, the market is, has basically bottomed out. So right. at this point, you're only going to have really a lot of bargain contracts being signed, to be honest with you. I got you. Okay. Um, I just I love the guy. You know, he never got a, a fair shake, in my opinion. And when he finally did last year, I thought he did pretty well. So it kind of sucks if we lose him. So it's all, all the same. Thanks, Thanks man. man. Appreciate the call. I don't think he'll be back, especially with the signing of uh, Booker. All right, Jeff, um, feel free to cover that. I'm going to try Seth again. Go ahead. All right. All right, yeah. Um you know, it's a matter of the the running back position. I mean, Wayne is a free agent, so I don't know if he'll he'll come back. I know he really did well last year as far as trying to prove himself in the league, and hopefully, uh, some other team can get get him. You know, the you you had mentioned about the tight end position. Um, who's going to be the odd man out? Um, you know, it just depends on if they're going to keep three or four. Um, if they're going to keep three, then you got to look at uh, Toyolo, who re-signed with the Giants recently. Um, you got Evan Ingram, as you know. Caden Smith and now uh, Kyle Rudolph. So, who is going to be that odd man out? Um, it's going to be interesting. And I think if I had to have to choose, it's probably going to be, in my opinion, uh, Toyolo. And I think they would keep the younger Caden Smith. So, uh, that's I think just, you can have four guys in the room. You could. You Why could. not? I think teams carry four tight ends all the time. Why not? hundred percent. I absolutely. I was just going if they were going to keep three, who would be the odd man out there? Um, and look, Joe Judge comes from a program that loves them some tight ends, man. You know that. Yeah, and I think that, like I said earlier, John, I, I'm just interested to see what Jason Garrett has up his sleeve with all these tight ends and now an Evan Ingram. I mean, are, are they going to move him around a little bit more or what? So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but I definitely could see them keeping four, 100%, in my opinion. But if they have to, an odd man out, I would just, I would probably say it's uh, Toyolo. Hey, Giant fans, don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYZ-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites 
for more information. Jeff, now let's get to our guest. His name is Seth Emerson. He covers the Georgia Bulldogs for the Athletic. I think this is year three that Seth's been part of our draft preparation here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Seth, hope you and your family are well and surviving what's been a really weird last 13 months or so. <laughs> and thanks for being with us. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I'm, I've, I've got a hole in my arm from last week, and I'm looking forward to another one. Oh, good. And we're all looking forward to trying to get back to normal. Congratulations. Jeff and I are on that path, too. We're not quite as far along as you, but hopefully no. we will be shortly. Um, I guess we should start here. Were you able even to um, attend the Pro Day, or was that something that you had to kind of cover from remote? I, I covered it from remote. I actually, uh, the extent of my participation was writing a story about it based on interviews that I monitored from a grocery store parking lot as I prepared to go By the way, if, if there's anything the that COVID. if there's anything that describes yeah. what COVID has been for the last twelve months, that yeah. is it. That yeah. is it. Yeah. yeah, I got vaccinated while while Georgia was having its pro day. That's all I really remember about it. I don't well that was I more can... important, right? Yeah. 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 Yes, but obviously the reason we're having you on, we 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 can just as easily, Seth, give the numbers that the guys ran. Watching the guy run a four-two-two or four-two-five is all you with the numbers. That's all that matters. And you've been around these players, you know the program. So we figured it'd be a really good, good person to talk to to kind of get a feel for these players. Let's start with Aziz Ojolari, who I think we all believe will probably be the first Georgia Bulldog that goes off the board when the 2021 NFL Draft starts. I guess my question for you: He had eight and a half sacks last year, Seth. Very productive as a pass rusher, but I realized when I was looking at his snaps, Young. his snaps were a little bit limited during the year. Was this a deal where he was just playing on third downs and did not trust him on rundowns, or is Georgia just so deep they just try to rotate so many guys in? Well, on the contrary, um, and I wrote about this last week, Georgia's outside linebackers, they, they, have, to, they have so many that sharing snaps is, something that's hard to do plus in the world of college football now and this is nfl too it's hard to have two outside linebackers on the field at the same time in those traditional roles so georgia has some five stars that kind of struggled to get to the field but ojalari got way more snaps than any other georgia outside linebacker like twice as many and he had the third most snaps on the defense overall so no they they felt really confident about him in all situations, whether it was edge rushing. I mean, you know, the, the, the edge rushing and going and getting the quarterback was, you know, maybe second or third best part of his game. Um, run defense, probably the best part. And, uh, you know, he could drop back into coverage when he needed to. Uh, you know, he was, he, was, he was on the field so much over a lot of these other very talented outside linebackers for Georgia because he was so well-rounded. You know what? I'm looking at my numbers now. I was looking at his 2019, not his 2020 snap counts. Good call, Seth. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) How about his size? I I mean, he's not a big guy. I mean, he's kind of like a lanky, kind of like an Ngakwe, kind of JPP. Although JPP is a little bit bigger than he is. So does that have – did he uh, have any success with some of the bigger tackles that he went up against this year? Yeah, he, he's a guy who is fine size-wise for college when it, it all around, I mean, height and weight. There was mm-hmm. never any – the guy who might take the most snaps this year for Georgia outside linebacker, Adam Anderson, probably more thin. Um, and, and that's one thing you wonder about him. Um, but uh, Ojolari, yeah, I mean, he's going to be on the smaller side uh, when it comes to most NFL edge rushers. Uh, but that may help him in terms of staying on the field. 
uh, if you're you know trying to have somebody play a little pass coverage if need be. Um, maybe it's what stops him from being the next, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul or someone, or, or mm-hmm. you know, leading the NFL in sacks uh, every year, or that kind of thing. Maybe he doesn't put up gaudy NFL sack numbers. Um, but like, for instance, Lorenzo Carter, he they when they had him here, he played nickel a lot in addition to edge rushing on certain downs. They, they really mix and match their, their edge guys, their outside linebackers. Um, and Ojolari's bigger than Carter, or at least looked bigger. You know, Claire carried a little more weight while Carter was a little taller. So that, that wasn't an issue here, and it, it's, it's, it's not something that I think should hold him back from doing well in the NFL. Maybe it's what ultimately holds him back from being so great that you know, that's why you're not hearing about him being a top five, top ten pick, more just like a probable first-round pick. You know, Seth, it's funny. You, you talk about his size, but I think one thing that probably helped him a lot of this pro day were those 34-inch arms that he measured at, 34 and 3-8, if memory serves me right. That's something that teams love. Did you see that length at work as he operated as a pass rusher coming off the edge over the course of his career there? Yeah, yeah, he... You, you saw that. I mean, even in the, the Peach Bowl in Cincinnati. Um, I mean, he's. It, it's not just the length; it's the speed and it's the smarts about you know knowing when, when to make this move, when to make that move around the blocker. Uh, he's he's got he's got he had everything to be really good at the college level. And again, you never know whether it's, it's going to translate fully to the NFL level, but. Um, he, he and he had all those attributes kind of from the beginning. He, he only redshirted at Georgia as a true freshman because he got an ACL his senior year of high school. Um, but they knew kind of right away during his redshirt freshman year that oh yeah, this guy's going to be a starter and probable star right away for us, and that they would probably be happy to get two years out of him and then wish him well. I only have one follow-up, Jeff, on Ojolari, sure. and then you can hit the uh, two cornerbacks okay. that, yeah. are, that are still running so fast, I think the, the dust is still up in the air. <laughs> but one other thing on Ojolari, one thing I read, Seth, I love to get, you know, and this is why we like to talk to the reporters, because you guys get a feel for the program more than just what's going on on the field. Is it true that he was voted by his teammates as a, as a captain, as a freshman? Tell us a little about him as a guy off the field, as, as a leader on that Georgia team. Well, he's he's. I, I think that they do the captains on kind of a game by game basis. Okay. Uh, but the he has never been a guy that anybody really worried about about character. Um, he comes from a great family. Uh, he his grandfather was uh, a Nigerian prince, the good kind, not the emailing kind. <laughs> and he, his name was Prince. Twins seven seven, and if you do a Google search on that, you'll see that uh, when he passed away in 2010, uh, the New York Times did an obituary on him, um, and he had uh, a b- very big family. And his daughter moved to the states and met another Nigerian immigrant, Aziz's dad, and they settled in the Atlanta suburbs. And by all accounts, have raised a great family. Aziz's younger brother, BJ, is at LSU and will probably be in the draft in a year or two also. And he's just the kind of kid that when you sit down with him, you just have a pleasant conversation, you have a wonderful, wonderful talk. He's the kind of guy that the, the beat writers 
for whatever NFL team draft or hopefully when they're able to go back in the locker room and talk to players that they'll, you know, Aziz will always very politely, you know, talk to them and be happy to talk to them, but maybe he won't fill up their notebooks because he's not a, you know, bomb thrower or anything, but he's just a really nice, good kid who should be a good leader and, and a good addition to whatever locker room that he goes to. Uh, Seth, well, thanks for, again for having for being on the show today. Uh, so the Georgia Bulldogs got a couple good cornerbacks. Uh, give us a little bit of information on both Tyson Campbell, who's ranked a little bit above Eric Stokes. But what are these two guys? are pretty much the same size. I think they're both burners. Give us a little bit of insight on these two guys and what you see uh, out of them coming out of college this year. Yeah, they're, they're interesting because if you look at measurables, other than speed, Stokes has the speed. He's always been the track guy. Mm-hmm. But Campbell has good size as well, and he runs well enough, and has the, you know, he has the pedigree. He was a five-star coming out of Miami uh, when Georgia signed him. Eric Stokes was only a three-star, a guy that Georgia just kind of, Mel Tucker, now the coach at Michigan State, he and Kirby Smart talked for a while about whether they should offer him, and then they ultimately did. But, so I, I think if Campbell goes ahead of Stokes, it's going to be a lot of those measurables. It's going to be a lot of those. He just, you know, he looks the part. Um, and he did get better as his career went on. But if you play the Moneyball analytics, go by college production game, Stokes is a better cornerback. Stokes did better. Like when, when Georgia was torched as a defense, as a secondary over the last couple of years, by Joe Burrow and LSU, uh, Devontae Smith and company at Alabama, even against Florida. You know, Stokes got his fair share, but Campbell was probably getting it worse, as were, like, maybe the nickelbacks. Stokes was not a guy that was burned as often. So it, it's an interesting – it really is an interesting case. Of, of if you're an NFL team and you're looking at both of these guys who, who both played a lot. In fact, like, Campbell – started as a true freshman at Georgia, wow. which he was the only one who did, and they had a pretty good class. He was the only one on that defense in 2018 who started as a true freshman, which again goes back to those measurables because that's what Georgia was seeing when they signed them, when they saw them in preseason, and scrimmages and everything. But he struggled, and he got pulled from the starting lineup, and Eric Stokes replaced him. Mm-hmm. And Eric Stokes did better. And then Campbell got a little bit better as a sophomore and a little bit better as a junior, whereas Stokes was kind of steady the whole way like pretty good so it, it, it's an interesting thing that do you, do you feel like a guy like Eric Stokes maximized himself in college and there isn't much ceiling and you know he's going to end up just kind of being a nickel dime cornerback type or was that a reflection of how good he's going to be or on the flip side is are you taking a Tyson Campbell who has good measurables and gradually got better in college and therefore will continue to do that did they did they use the two guys differently? Seth was one yes. the boundary, one the field. Did either play inside? Did one always cover the opponent's no, both, best wide receiver? Were, like how to go? They were field and boundary on the outside, and and neither of them played the slot. They they moved around their nickels, um, and they tend not to move around the cornerbacks either. They 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 stay where they are. So and one was left, one was right. Yeah, yeah. They 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 do more left right. It was left right. They don't. They don't do field boundaries. Got it. That makes sense. All right, I think I guess my second question then, 
my understanding is, and again, this is why we have guys like you on to give us the lowdown, varied their coverages a lot. Was it mostly zone, a lot of man, press? How did Georgia generally operate in the back end during their time there? Mostly man. Kirby Smart really wants to play man. Um, go to, you know, cover two and whatnot, kind of in your kind of conventional scenarios. I mean, Georgia is loaded talent-wise, so they believe they should be able to take their best and and beat you with their best. John, I want to take the next guy because Go, I'm, I am I'm very intrigued by this man, I, and for some reason I just can't I can't get his name out of my head. It's this Ben Cleveland, um, he rated in at 354 pounds and six foot six at the Senior Bowl, <laughs> just a mammoth of a man. Uh, I'm interested to see his how he is progressed as a Georgia Bulldog, and you know, is what's his upside coming into the National Football League other than his size. Uh, how good of a player do you see him being? And I mean, I've, I'm figuring he's probably going to be around a, I don't know, maybe a fourth rounder, a third rounder guy. But here's a, here's somebody that I think that the Giants would he would fit very well into uh, the just Giants offensive line rotation if the Giants were able to get him. Yeah, he's Cleveland actually is so big he came to college as a tackle, mm-hmm. uh, and he he uh, moved to guard, ended up starting there down the stretch of their 2017 run to the national championship game. He, he had some injuries here and there. Uh, so, you know, kind of in and out of the lineup there, but he, he's a little bit like what I was talking about with Tyson Campbell as a guy who got better as his career went on. And he, I mean, he's a guy that I could see being a career sixth, seventh guy mm-hmm. on the offensive line at the next level or a guy that just could keep getting better and be a NFL starter for the next 15 years. Um, It it really could go either way with with him. Interesting. How about the guy next to him really quickly, the center Trey Hill? Yeah, you know, he he only started, or he only played three years at Georgia, but, you know, started all of them, and and he was – I I honestly don't know what NFL teams are looking at him as, as a guard or a center. He played center the last two years but he struggled with snaps, not not like every time. He, he didn't struggle enough that Georgia ever pulled him from center. But it, it's kind of a big deal. When you, <laughs> <laughs> you think so? <laughs> it, you, you noticed it. And, and it, it, was, it was kind of like a you know, feast or famine kind of thing, and it was most of the time it was, it was, the snaps were fine. But if that one missed snap, every third or fourth game might be a big one. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, so. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I think he's an NFL starter somewhere at guard or center. Um, he, he's a guy that when he declared for the NFL, nobody said, oh, you know, he's making a bad decision or whatever. Everyone kind of understood he was ready for the pros. Also, already graduated, and he, he was only in school for three years. He was not a redshirt junior. He was a third-year guy, mm-hmm. so he's smarter than the rest of us. Um, so, you know, and, and quiet guy, but no good character, so um, – yeah, I, I, who knows what you're getting with him as far as, again, like it could go like Ben Cleveland as in just a kind of a interior backup type or uh, but, but probably a little more upside than Ben Cleveland, I would say. Gotcha. 
How about how about tight end Trey McKitty? He's a guy that I loved at the Senior Bowl. Then I looked at his numbers and I'm like, my God, how did this guy not have more catches? He's catching the ball with one hand, contested <laughs> catches. He's a blocker. How did they use Trey McKitty? And do you think he has a lot more to offer than uh, the way Georgia utilized him in their offense? You know, he benefited from coming to Georgia. Actually, when, when he what he talks about was he was at Florida State for right. years, uh, four years, but played three. Um, he was known more as a receiver there, and, and he said he got a better, you know, he he was he had a knock as not being a good enough blocking tight end when he was at Florida State, and that he thinks he answered that here, which which is true. They they play tight ends, they double tight ends on probably the majority of snaps here. Um, they you know the fullback doesn't exist as it doesn't at a lot of places in college in the NFL, and so they basically use the tight end as a glorified fullback, and so he did a lot of that. But he also was a good receiver. Um, if anything, we, we probably would have heard more about him pass-catching-wise if Georgia didn't have these other really good tight ends, including Darnell Washington, a five-star, that Georgia fans kept saying, why well, isn't Darnell Washington getting the ball aboard? It's like, well, they've also got Trey McKitty. Um, and I think Georgia fans, like a lot of fans, would probably prefer they throw to the tight end on every single play. Uh, <laughs> For some reason, they, they love the allure of it. But um, Trey McKitty got a good amount of catches for, for a tight end here, and that was in one year. So he's, you know, again, I, 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 I wouldn't look at him as someone who's, you know, you're not talking about the next Travis Kelsey, but um, he's a guy that I think can, can be on an NFL roster. A lot of players, got a lot of good guys. I mean, you know, it's hard to – it's hard to get drafted in the first and second round, you know, which, unless you are just absolutely out of this world. But, you know, Georgia, obviously a good program. Um, a lot of good players that will come out there. And, you know, we wish, wish the best of luck for all these guys. Yeah, really. so, Seth, I guess let, let me just – I'll just list this next group. Anybody that stands out to you you think is worth mentioning or factoids, please do so. A bunch of guys on defense, not surprising, given how good the Georgia defense has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive lineman Malik Herring. Uh, you have Mark Reb uh, in the defensive backfield. LeCount, DJ Daniel, Monty Rice. Just a slew of defensive players that are coming out of Tons. out of the program. Uh, what, which, which one of those guys, maybe all of them, stand out to you that you think the NFL team should be taking a look at? Um, let's see. Mark Webb and DJ Daniel are two guys that got a lot of – they basically shared snaps at Nickelback uh, the last couple years with another guy or two. Um, they're guys that, again, kind of – they're, they're going to hope to get drafted uh, DJ Daniel probably should get drafted. I mean, they both were invited to the Senior Bowl, so they were thought well enough there. Are, are they starters at the NFL level? I mean, I never ruled out, but mm-hmm. um, Mark Webb was a is a potential upside guy, and for his versatility, he's actually a receiver when he got to Georgia, and then they moved him to cornerback. So he hasn't played the position too long, uh, which means that if, if NFL teams willing to develop him a little bit, that he might have some time there. Malik Herring. Solid guy, solid player. Uh, he's going to be hurt because he's hurt. He, I think he, he was his ACL he tore, if I'm remembering correctly, in the Senior Bowl. So yep. um, that's a that's a tough one for him. Um, I think people here will be happy for him if he's drafted, but kind of expecting he's going to have to latch on with somebody on mm-hmm. a free agent contract. And I don't remember if there's anybody else. LeCount? Oh, yeah, he's, he's another injury situation. You know, he's... He's another one of those, like, the, the, the kind of guy you expect the Patriots to pick or, <laughs> or sign mm-hmm. as a free agent. Because, look, 
he he got hurt in this motorcycle accident last October and so missed basically the rest of the season. They got him in on one play in the Peach Bowl as kind of a reward for working his way back. So he's not going to be talked about that much. He had a slow 40 time at Pro Day, which he's not all the way back, not all the way back healthy. Um, and he also didn't put up like huge numbers, even when he was healthy at Georgia. But he was good. He was, he was steady. He was a guy who was a five star recruit coming into Georgia. And he almost, he started sophomore, junior, senior year. And I heard from a lot of people he was going to start. He sh- Some people felt like he should have vaulted a senior in the starting lineup as a when he was a freshman in 2017, but they couldn't do it for locker room reasons. Basically, the senior he would have jumped is too good a leader, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the kind of guy that you, you if you're an NFL team, you kind of look at and say, well, you know, let me grab this guy in the fifth, sixth, seventh round or sign as a free agent, and maybe he becomes a start pretty quickly. You know, you don't depend on him to be your best defensive player, but you, you're, there's – and there's upside there with that, too. And then finally, Monty Rice, um, Seth. Oh, yeah. I love Monty as a person. He's just a, you know, he, he's a guy who's got a very good social justice streak. Um, he's got a good personal story there. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like, I mean, he was the kind of guy that was very uh, kind of crusty with us, with the media. Like, and, and then on pro day, all of a sudden was like Mr. Happy Go Lucky, um, <laughs> like uh, extreme, almost like his agent got to him and said, "Hey, you know, talk to those guys." Personality, um, you know, he's a guy that again he also started some games as a, as a freshman, uh, despite that ex- very experienced defense that Lorenzo Carter was a part of in 2017. Um, he, he's a lot like Richard LeCount, where again, are you drafting him to? to be best player on your defense, your best inside linebacker, probably not. But, you know, you might be able to get a starter out of it if it's in the right situation. And I guess to my last two, Seth, and, and thanks again for the time, and we appreciate it. We've, we've asked you a bunch of Lorenzo Carter a lot. He's been here a couple of years now, and you've talked to us about him. Two guys we haven't as much is, one, were you surprised that Tay Crowder was able to step in and really play a big role for the Giants uh, over the course of the season, inside linebacker? You know, he was drafted so late. And then um, were you taken aback? I know we all were. We had not heard anything about it, uh, about some of the off-field stuff for DeAndre Baker. Was that anything that, that you heard whispers of while he was at Georgia? Ooh. Well, we could go on a while, um, but let's do Baker first so we finish on a good note with Crowder. Um, okay. On Baker, you know, there were there were not official red flags. There was nothing that was like, you know, he, he was never arrested to our knowledge, never heard he was even suspended, or you never heard of anything like that. You also didn't hear that he was like the, you know, the, the model citizen in a locker room, that type. Like right. the, the players that they make available here, they make players available to the media kind of as a reward and to be good ambassadors for the program. And he, he was not, despite as good as he was, somebody that they put out there a lot. Mm. So that was something that I always noticed. And I was like, mm, you know, maybe he's just kind of a guy that kind of does his own thing a little bit. And, you know, he, look, I mean, this, you get to the NFL and it changes. You know, become a guy that slack off and fall asleep in meetings and stuff. And it's gotten even worse with another former Georgia player, Isaiah Wilson. Like, the minute he got that contract in Tennessee, you saw what happened. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's it, it's shame what we saw happen with both those guys. On the other hand, then you have Tay Crowder. 
who was like a two-star recruit as a tailback and like shouldn't have been at Georgia to begin with. This was the previous staff, but the previous staff took a flyer on him. Kirby Smart gets in, turns him to inside linebacker, and gradually gets better and better. He made one of the most important plays, arguably, in Georgia football history in the 2017 Rose Bowl when he fielded a squid kick. He was up man, 10 <laughs> yards from him, fielded a squid kick and like hit it and had the awareness to hit the ground and did it so quickly that Georgia had time to run one offensive play and then kick a field goal before half. And that was pivotal to them being able to pull the comeback on Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma in that game. But when he did that, he was like, he was no one knew who he was. Like I went mm-hmm. up to him in the locker room afterwards, and he was surprised people were talking to him. He had no idea. Like, <laughs> I don't know great. what to do here. And then he just gradually had more of a role. And he's just one of those guys that people you know just kind of quiet and did his thing. And I, I you know, it, it's cool to see what's happening for him at the NFL because. He's another one of those that you could say the arrow has always been kind of trending up with him. And you're, you're, you're talking about someone who's you know, learned the position later than other people, learning defense a little later than other people. And so he, he may be growing into a pretty good player. Well, Seth, uh, based on the history, there's a good chance the Giants are going to draft somebody out of Georgia. You have like a dozen guys that <laughs> I know drafted. every year. So That's right. I, I hope Giant fans paid attention. Great information, Seth. Thank you so much. We appreciate you giving us the time. And again, hope you stay safe out there. Congratulations on taking the vaccination steps. Yep. And, and we will talk to you down the road. All right, my friend? Thank you, Seth. Thanks, guys. Seth Emerson does a great job, joins us every year talking Georgia prospects. And, Jeff, really quickly, only got a minute before we got to jump on that other call. Um, So real quick, just uh, your reaction there. Well, you know what, I think that you're right. Every year these Georgia guys seem to come and find a home at the Giants' facility. But, you know, they're an SEC team. They're the Kirby Smart's a heck of a football coach. He recruits well, develops these guys. And you could hear by the by what Seth was saying how Kirby Smart – look at the, look what he does to these guys. He turns them in. If He comes in as a, as a running back. He's in a middle linebacker. He comes in as a, you know, as a, uh, a wide receiver. They turn him into a cornerback. So just goes to show you that not everybody that comes to college football – out of college out of high school what they played in high school they actually play in college so it's pretty interesting when you talk about that but you know every year john there's three or four guys from georgia that get drafted in the you know the one through fourth round and and they end up being good players no question about it jeff good stuff my friend thank you i appreciate it thank and, you john and apologies to the fans we did not have a chance to get back to the calls just too many yeah, guys from georgia to talk about it but we'll have all week to take your calls in 973-667-1960 we'll also continue to like take a look at all these prospects at their pro days for Jeff Fiegels, I'm John Schmelk. You've been listening to Big Blue Kickoff Live on the Giants Podcast Network, presented by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of this show and all of our programs at Giants.com slash podcast and the Giants mobile app and all of your favorite podcast platforms. For Jeff, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next time, everybody. Stay safe out there.